Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm Robert M., and I'm a sexaholic. Hi, Robert. And I'm, uh, my home group is uh, Cranford, and I live in uh, Rockaway, uh, New Jersey. Um, I, I'd like to just start out, to, since the real focus of this is on really spirituality and, and not, you know, not just relying on software and, and tools and that kind of thing, uh, you know, it's relying on a higher power. I'd, I'd like to start out with uh, the third step prayer to kind of keep me focused on what the real, uh, real point is here. So those of you who know it, if you could join me, join me in the third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Great. Well, sure. Let me just um, tell you just a little just a little bit about my background and, and, and how um, my own acting out and how the Internet played into my own acting out. I won't go into too much detail, but um, I, I've been sober since uh, January 25th of 05, um, and uh, I work with um, work with computers. I'm I, like a website developer and uh, do some other stuff. So you know, I'm pretty computer savvy, and um, uh, it, it's. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the blocking tools and that kind of thing that uh, that are out there, uh, you know, by themselves. That you know, I, I realized in, in my in my acting out and trying to get sober on my own that uh, that that it just didn't it just wouldn't work. I, I could find ways around it if I was really determined to do that. Um, my last binge was uh, you know right before the 25th of uh, of January in 05. And you know, I remember hearing people in rooms talk about uh, how the internet was like uh, crack addiction, and I remember thinking, well, "That's a little bit exaggerated." You know, that doesn't—it's not that bad. But I tell you, I mean, that last binge I had after being sober for nearly a year, uh, it was very much like being on crack. I mean, I was three days doing nothing but masturbation, looking at porn. Um, uh, you know, just uh, acting out, falling asleep, and then you know, waking up and doing the same thing over again, basically. And it was just, uh, you know, I. But I. But I'm grateful for that too, because it, it showed me how, just how powerless I was, just how insane my behavior could come if I, uh, if I continue in my addiction. So, um, I guess you know, for for me, in terms of. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of practical spiritual tools, I think for, you know, for me probably the biggest thing 
is uh, in, in, and that's helped me to stay sober and stay away from um, inappropriate use of the internet has been um, has been really surrender, and I mean surrender in in the practical sense. Um, the, the on the 25th of, of January, I met my sponsor at a meeting in Metuchen and turned over my my home laptop to him and agreed that I wouldn't use the computer in my house for you know for the time being anyway. So I basically you know had a sort of a drying out period, and and that was that was very important, but that was very difficult for me to do. I always had a computer since you know I started working basically at home. I, I just kind of felt like I, if on some level I believed I couldn't live without a computer, you know, and. Uh, uh, but it it uh, but it, it was immediate, and I had a lot of resentment actually in, in, in going to meet him and, and to turn that over. I remember just I was in a rage going down to uh, to, to see him. But the moment I, I I did it, actually, you know, put the computers computer in his hands and left, I I just felt this huge sense of relief. And um, I mean, it was in the next two months I had really no computer access in in my house, which is where. Most of my acting, really all my acting out was done. And, um, and it was, you know, it, it was, uh, really the first time I had felt real serenity, um, you know, in, in recovery. I mean, I, I've been, you know, physically sober for, like I said, almost a year. But this, this was the first time I really started to, to, you know, to realize the promises of, of the program. And, um, I, I was actually hesitant to even, Reintroduce the um, the computer into into my house at all after that, um, but I but I gradually did, and, and I think the important thing was again to that I, I took guidance from my sponsor. I didn't didn't take back control myself. I let him kind of call the shots and say, you know, I think it's okay for you to do this at this point. Uh, you know, I think this makes sense. I, I would you know come up with ideas and run them by him, but. But in the end, I, I, I was, you know, going to. I was taking guidance from him because I, I know that my the way my mind works, I will, you know, if if I'm in control, I will go back to acting out on the computer. There's no question in my mind based on, on the uh, on the last acting out experiences I had. So, um, and and it's still that way for me. I mean, even now, you know, going on three years sober, I <clears throat> like I have a. My home computer, my regular home computer is filtered, um, but I, I, I also have to use my work computer at home fairly frequently. But I, um, the, what I do for that is what I've been doing pretty much since the beginning. I bookend usage of the computer with my sponsors. So I say, I'm going on the unfiltered computer. I'll, you know, I'll be on it for an hour or two, or I'm not sure how long I'll be on, but I'll, I'll IM you when I'm done. And uh, and and that's and that's been working for me. And that's uh, you know it's just uh, and to me that's a physical uh, you know we we talk about surrender in the program. And to me, real surrender is when I'm willing to surrender to another person. Uh, you know, when when I'm actually willing to give up control, not just say, okay, God, you know, I'm giving you control. But what you know, when I'm when I'm willing to allow another person you know, basically to, to have a, high, a higher power with skin as, as my sponsor says uh, and and uh, I think that's made a huge difference for me and uh, I'm sure I wouldn't be sober without without those um, without those tools so uh, 
So I think I'll, I'll just uh, stop there, and then I'll, I'll let Sam uh, uh, speak. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm going to – my sponsor – I'm Sam. I'm a sexaholic. My, my sponsor really works on me not to always speak first because it's part of my whole thing about being a high-performance sexaholic. Uh, and speaking first and doing things first. So, uh, but I, that way I can get away from the table and other people can share after me. Um, so I, I've only been in recovery for about a year. And uh, computers, uh, what I learned is computers are not really my true spiritual MO. And my spiritual MO is much more around some very serious deficiencies around relationships. And uh, uh, However, the, uh, the, the trigger... Because those relationships are, are 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 connected to loneliness and to isolation, that um, if I don't have a way to act out in relationships, then a uh, computer is really the the uh, it becomes the uh, weapon of choice. And because I'm also very computer savvy, really com- <clears throat> not a programmer anymore, but I started building PCs in 1975. So I, I, I was one of the, like, your original hackers. So if there's a way to figure out a temp file storage system that's being used somewhere in the universe, I will figure out a way to find that. So my, it was very important, like the last share, to really surrender my ability to have access. Uh, and yet at the same time, I needed to uh, have uh, some, some use of computer. And actually, it was because I went to this last meeting that that really saved me, because um, I knew I needed to get some type of protection. I actually put something in called Safe Eyes that uh, I learned about from someone here at the program. What's a great about Safe Eyes is that you can uh, um, have all your computers through the internet uh, centrally managed by one individual who you can then give up the password control to because the key is the surrender. And that person doesn't have to be physically in your house uh, to, to actually control it and control access. They can do it from their computer through Internet access. That's one. So if you have, let's say, your sponsor you're surrendering to, that your sponsor can do it that way. In my case, I surrendered it to my wife. And to do that, and I have five computers, I wanted all of them to be shut down because I cannot and do not want to be around an unprotected computer. And so she's able to access them all, all over. And that's made a <clears throat> major difference. Now, here's my big issue with this all finish my share, is I started to develop very deceptive ways of tricking my wife into letting me know the password. I realized how incredibly codependent and fetchy that is. I mean, like, oh, I need to get to this, I need to get to that. And the greatest, <laughs> the greatest thing in surrender was, in terms of a spiritual tool, was something my sponsor told me, is that, because that's how I ended up on my, on my binge is uh, if I need to do something, because she's not very computer savvy, with the tool, then, and she gives me the password. She never, right, by the way, I never, she never tells me the password now. She types it in. I have to keep her in the room the whole time. I gotta tell you, that is very humbling to say, now, please stay in the room while I'm, I am, I am so powerless over this disease. I am so powerless over this computer, this, inanimate thing that I need to stand in the room and look over my shoulder while I make these changes to safe eyes and then watch to make sure, because I can also even deceive that, that I've actually exited out of the program so it resets 
So I do not in any way essentially take advantage of that because I will if you're not watching me. And that that actually has had a tremendous amount of help, help me really to be more humble. So I, I just want to say that that's, I, I need that level of it. But the, the, the technology is really not the problem. The technology is actually out there. It's then actually giving up and being humble about the use of it and then the person you're working with that makes a difference. Thank you. Um, okay, so I'm, we're both going to move off the table and then self-select. One person sit here and start to share. The next person sit there and queue up and just work it through. And I'll sit over there to be a spiritual timekeeper. You have between two to three minutes, and you're being recorded. Thank you. My name is Ted. I'm a sexaholic. Um, as I, in the last meeting that was about the Internet, I, I'll just give a brief, brief recap. Uh, for two years, I had no problem at all with the computers, although that was really a major part of my downfall and me reaching bottom prior to coming into recovery. But when I was in recovery, the computer was no problem. And then by being an accountability partner for another friend, a site popped up on my computer and I said, gee, what the heck is that? And that, that was my, you know, in the, in, the, in the blue book where it says the guy just sat in the restaurant and had the glass of milk with the scotch in it. That was my milk with the scotch in it. <laughs> and it set me off on a terrible uh, relapse. So now I've, I've taken the route of uh, complete surrender. And the, the thing that I've done, which I think is a little bit unique, is I didn't turn my, um, my, my, the control of my computers over to someone in the program. I turned it over to my IT guy that doesn't work for me. He's a consultant, and I don't even know how to get on. I mean, I am pretty computer savvy, but he controls my computers to the point where when I go out and I buy something, I make sure that the first thing I ask is, if I put this on my computer, is my blocking program going to interfere with what you're doing? I just bought a very, very sophisticated CCTV system for one of my uh, places and in the contract I wrote in that if my blocking software conflicts with you, you're out. <laughs> and so they said, what do you mean? I said, forget it. I'm just telling you, you're out. And it really has, to, and I understand that it's not, as Sam said, it's not the computer that's my problem. It's what's between my ears that's the problem. And I have to surrender this process. Uh, uh, the computer can be my absolute death um, there's no joke about it. I can, I, can, I can bury myself for hours on end in all sorts of craziness. I need the blocker, and, and it's not because the blocker stops me. It's because it's an absolute, tangible surrender that helps me understand that I'm not in control. That's the issue for me. Am I going to control my recovery, or am I going to surrender my recovery? If I surrender it to this inanimate objects somewhere out in, 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 in internet land that says no Ted and it, it keeps me off of things like ESPN page 2 for some reason or another I don't know why but it's fine I don't care whatever it does it's fine and if anybody wants to know the name of the program I'll give it to you afterwards I don't know how it works I don't want to know how it works I don't know the password I can't change the password I can't tell my wife to come in I don't have a wife anymore anyway um, but that's also a good blocker. Uh, <laughs> um, but what, what, what it enables me to do is to stay totally, totally out of the realm. It's not anywhere in between here that says, you know what, if I just do this and tell someone this, I can get on. I'm not doing it. I surrendered it totally. And I do get a sense of serenity out of it. So uh, that's really the key to me, surrendering the process of the Internet. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. 
I'm Paul, and I'm a recovering agnostic. <laughs> and I think that was one of the reasons why I got into trouble with my computer. I am not very computer savvy. I only know enough about it to be dangerous. Uh, and I guess my addiction did not come to full flower until I discovered the Internet. I had been uh, a deep-dyed addict for a good many years without knowing it. Uh, I was always uh, always suspected my wife of holding out on me. <laughs> uh, when I discovered that I had uh, unlimited access to women of all descriptions doing almost anything I wanted them to do, this was like a kid in a candy store. Um, my wife discovered my addiction very simply because I had started by only going to the Internet when she was away from the house. And then I moved from that to uh, waiting until she was at the other end of the house. And then I, then I went from that to I didn't give a damn where she was or I didn't know where she was. And, of course, she saw me masturbating in front of the computer watching Internet porn. And she, she was shocked and hurt. And, then, and uh, she went through uh, uh, all, all the litany of what, how could you do this and what, what's wrong. And, and finally, uh, what are you going to do about it? What I did about it was, to shorten the, the narrative, I finally got into SA. Um, at that point, I was having trouble, of course, as an agnostic, uh, accepting the concept of higher power or of uh, surrender, uh, of turning anything over to anybody. Uh, but little by little, with the group example of meetings, I came to do that. And then after a while, I began to realize something strange was going on. I had had more time without internet pornography in my life than I did sobriety. You know, I was keeping a journal and I had these two sort of scorecards, X days of sobriety, Y days of, of no internet porn. After a while, the number of, you know, the imbalance was so great that I'd been without pornography twice, three times, four times, five times as long as I was actually sober. Obviously, it wasn't pornography that was the principal problem for me. It was whatever else was going on between my ears. Eventually, I stopped counting because it just didn't make any difference. And I must say that right now, I think it's been at least three years, maybe four, since I've seen an Internet porn image or any kind of a porn image except accidentally. And the one time that I did that, I was browsing through a coffee table book in, in a library somewhere, and suddenly there was a a picture of a woman naked to the waist and it just about knocked me over. Uh, I guess all I can say in conclusion is I don't know what caused my higher power to take this addiction of internet porn off my back. It just happened. I didn't ask for it. I don't deserve it. Uh, I, I didn't know how to look for it. it it's, it's a blessing. It is one of God's gifts to me. Uh, and I haven't got any idea how I could describe to anybody how, how to do it, because I didn't do it. And I guess that's where I have to stop. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hi, I'm Andy, and I'm a sexaholic. Hey. And, uh, the, the Internet for me was really the, uh, the cause that really set off my addiction. I perhaps... Uh, you know, not perhaps, but had been a, uh, a sexaholic all along. However, 
It was having that unlimited Internet access at my desk with an office where I could close the door that really just set me off, set me off and, uh, uh, you know, I'll avoid the detail. You could probably all fill in the details of what happened from what happened from there. But in any event, now uh, really my focus is, is on how do I keep sober. I'm fortunate in the sense in that I am a computer luddite. Uh, I, you know, when I went through uh, school, my schooling, my computer education was I learned how to program in Fortran, which you know. I don't know if anybody even learns how to do that anymore. Uh, my kids get a joke because I can show them a 1973 computer textbook, which uh, belongs in the Smithsonian at, the, at this point. But I've never really been a real computer guru. I know how to do specifically what I need to do after somebody shows me about 10 or 20 times. Now I know how to do you know, word processing or timesheets or whatever the specific application that I need for my job. And I, I was one of those, these people who believed that uh, if you clear out your history file, you've scrubbed the computer, which is obviously not correct, but that's fortunately how I got caught. But I'm, I'm coming from a different place. I'm not very computer savvy. And at this point, I've learned for me, that's fine. I really, I need to don't work on the computer on the, think the specific applications that I need, I can do. And if I don't need it, there's no point in getting into it. Uh, one time, uh, you know, I, I had a cell phone, and my younger daughter uh, took it and goes, Dad, did you know you could get on the Internet with this? <laughs> and I said, don't even show me. Because, uh, again, you know, like I have a BlackBerry, and I can do maybe about 20% of the technology that is actually on it. And I just say to myself, that's all that I really need. I don't need all the other applications, so don't go this, so don't go there. I don't even know how to text message. I don't want to learn. I don't know how to do some of the other more sophisticated applications. Uh, what I've done at home is uh, I've learned that uh, with the home computer, I don't close the door when I go into the room where we keep the home computer. I do not clear out the hist. I never touch the history file. Uh, all of the system maintenance is done by my wife, so she can actually see, if she wants to look, she can see all the sites that I've been. And undoubtedly, there are sophisticated things that one could do to easily bypass that very loose level of control, but not being a computer guru, I don't know what they are, and so it, it works for me given my level of expertise. The problem, however, that I have, which is really what I want to learn, is in work because my work computer has complete Internet access. Um, it's on all of the time. It is in my office, and the, block, the blocking is really not all that sophisticated, and I am hesitant because this gets into shame issues going to our system administrator and saying, I need more blocking than anybody else in the office. I don't know how to do that. And where I, I got to confess that I'm having my trouble is how do I control the computer usage in the in the office without having to bring in all of these other people? I don't have the luxury of having access to giving control to someone outside of my office because of all sorts of proprietary issues and all that. So I'm really stuck, and that's really where I need, frankly, the help and guidance as to how to control the Internet when it's right there 
and there's no obvious way to help control it. So thanks for letting me share. I'm a sexaholic, and my problem is Mike. Uh, those of you who were here last night heard part of my story. Uh, I had a major Internet addiction. I started with the IBM PC Junior at home. I'm not a computer person. Uh, found out you could hook it up to a modem, and this was prior to the Internet, and you could download images. Well, after I had accumulated about a 1,000 floppy disks, they came out with CDs, so I was able to download even more. And then they came out with DVDs. And the day that I decided to get help and join SA, I had well over 200 DVDs filled with images, so many that if I spent the rest of my life, I could not see them all. And I was totally out of control. So when I got into the program, it took me a long time to get to the point where spirituality was going to be enough to keep me off the Internet. The first thing I did was I hung a picture of my wife on my computer. And it was served as a reminder in the beginning that any time I was thinking about going onto the Internet, that's what I would lose. Because she made it very clear to me that if I lost my sobriety, it was all over. Well, after a while, I was starting to get a little bit weak. And the addiction was rearing itself up. It's like it does push-ups when, you know, you're sitting there and you're starting to coast a little bit. And I needed to replace my wife's picture with a picture of my grandchildren because my oldest daughter said that if you ever go back to your addiction, I'm not going to let you see the kids anymore because I just don't trust you. And that worked. It worked for quite a long time. And by that time, my spirituality was building up. And we have the standard rules that you've already heard mentioned here. We have some blocks on the computer. Uh, I don't go on the Internet unless my wife is in the house, because that used to be my favorite thing. She would run out to get a container of milk, and, gee, I had 15, 20 minutes that I could quickly download a bunch of files, and she would never know. Uh, so she's, she sees my history now. I taught her how to do that, and I don't mess with that anymore. And again, a lot of the tools that you've heard here. But a big part of it was just constantly having reminders in front of me of what I could lose if I ever got back to this again. Uh, today, I still use those images of my wife and my grandchildren and my children to keep me on board. Uh, but spirituality has definitely been the major thing that keeps me clean right now. Knowing that my higher power would not be doing this himself so why should I be doing it? And knowing that he's with me and he's watching everything that I do, in good conscience, I can't go back on the Internet because he'll know. And that's just something, an embarrassment and a shame that I just don't want to face anymore. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, hi, I'm Joshua. I'm a sexaholic. Um, Really, the, the grace of God brought the previous share uh, into my life because uh, he addressed um, really questions I have intended to, to pose through, through my share. But uh, briefly, um, I am 
um, very um, recently into this program uh, and into recovery after having uh, spent uh, two years sleepwalking through the program about seven years ago uh, when my wife of now 22 years uh, discovered my addiction to porn, which led to depleting a lot of our uh, money on prostitutes. Um, and I, um, I slept through the program really for two years and, and came back just a couple weeks ago uh, when I realized that uh, at work I was beginning to, not beginning to, I was in full bloom using the uh, internet to look for porn, uh, close my door to the office, masturbate, really out of control. Um, first when no one was around, working late on a project, and then progressively losing boundaries um, <clears throat> in the full swing of uh, the work day. Um, for me, the, uh, the tools, uh, the, the, the challenge um, that uh, I have is that um, my acting out uh, takes place at work um, or on a work laptop where I have a uh, broadband card because of the nature of the my work, I am constantly um, communicating with people um, all over the world. So um, the suggestion that, uh, that the previous chair made of having photographs of, um, or images that re re remind me of what is at stake, uh, I think is probably a great idea and very helpful. I think also, um, for me, the notion of being public, of never closing the door uh, to the office is probably very important as well, so that I know that, um, you know, I can't isolate in that way. But um, it's a huge challenge for me, and I am very grateful to have found the sanity to kind of drag myself back to the meetings and uh, to find myself uh, in this conference with you today. Thank you. Hi, my name is Louis, and I'm a recovering sexaholic. I've been uh, an active member of SA for 11 years in Montreal. And uh, I didn't have any problem specific with the Internet until last year. Um, last year, I started uh, to go uh, on the Internet um, to look at uh, images and short uh, videos. I'm not computer savvy, so I didn't go very far in there. And... Uh, uh, I have a computer at home, and I have a computer um, uh, f for work at the work at my work. And um, uh, I asked a, a fellow uh, a member in SA to uh, install uh, Cyber Patrol with some a list of keywords I've been using to find my images. 
so he did that for me. And at work, I went uh, to see, uh, to meet with uh, somebody in the uh, computer department, uh, and I asked him to install uh, uh, Cyber Patrol because we didn't have it at our company. Um, but even after having installed these blocks, uh, I developed an obsession, not so much with the images, but in finding ways to go around it. And I found the pleasure not so much with the images, but I had the thrill in spending hours to try to find new keywords or new ways to get to these images. So this is the outside story. The inside story is that uh, last year was my last year of work. I'm now a newly retired uh, person. And uh, I spent last year with a lot of anxieties, strong, very strong fears, and difficulties related to the, the end of my work and the perspective of the, my new life. And although I had chosen to retire at this time, and although I viewed my retirement with uh, uh, a lot of uh, pleasure and in a positive way, um, fears have nevertheless come, and I've tried to surrender these fears, but my connection has not been good enough, and the internet has been the way I found that I thought was the least damageable because I didn't want to go back to prostitute. I've never been back to prostitute massage parlors like I've been doing before. And I even didn't was not masturbating when I looked at the Internet. Uh, but it brought me just a little softness in my life. Uh, and I was just powerless before that. Now I'm retired and I've have some spiritual experiences and meetings uh, that have uh, opened my eyes to the fact that uh, I do not think that my problem is internet. My problem uh, is that I am powerless. Uh, before vis-à-vis uh, -vis lust. And um, I have exactly the same problem as I had the first day when I came to SA. And uh, I'm starting my new life, and I have a very strong desire uh, to get uh, lust completely out of my life. And I have, I think I have to um, uh, take it that way uh, because I do not want to replace internet with some other uh, wrongful uh, ways. Thank you. Hi, I'm Larry and I'm a sexaholic. Um, 
For me, the um, I, I was addicted to pornography before I found out how to use the internet to find pornography, but the internet definitely sped up the process and allowed me to uh, find out things like locations of escorts and things like that that I, I probably wouldn't have found as easily otherwise. Um, so it has been a, a key tool for me in my addiction. Uh, I've tried different ways of, of uh, controlling that. Um, I've, I've used blockers, and like the previous speaker said, uh, the, the filters set a creative challenge for me to try and find out how to get around the filter. Um, the program I use now isn't a filter, but it's something that records the sites I go on and sends a report to uh, a friend of mine um, so that they, along with a rating on how, it's a one to five rating on how, how much sexual content there was and, and what I was looking at. And for me, that's a lot more effective because it doesn't matter what I do. I, I really can't fake it out. It, it knows uh, what's there. Um, but my addict still can find ways around any system and where the way around uh, that has been the, the one that's been most difficult lately is finding old computers around the house that have been retired and aren't working that I can get hooked up and uh, connected to the Internet and, um, and use those, and those aren't on the system, so nobody knows what I, what I do on those. So thinking about this here, I... I just before I came here, I found at my church they're having a computer, uh, a computer, old computer giveaway deal at my church. So next Sunday, I'm bringing all those old computers in. Anything that has access that isn't connected up to a, a system, I want to commit to this group. Um, I'm going to bring those in and not not have those hidden bottles lying around in the house that, that give me access to the to the internet. So thank you. Thank you. Hey, my name is Adam G. I'm a sexaholic. Um, yeah, I have changed careers twice as a result of my sexaholism and internet porn use. And um, I mailed my laptop to my brother after the first time, and I quit my job. And, and I've been realizing lately, though, it's it's my it's my obsessive it's it's my obsessive use, and that the problem is internal. You know, I I I have been in situations with filters and this and that and and yeah getting getting the rush out of cracking the filter and changing the keywords um that really that really resonated with me um and i know that that i'm spiritually dead inside when i go on the internet trying to make make a connection with with anything or anyone and it doesn't even need to be sexual in some cases with me um i am getting validation from things that it's just it's just been a real struggle the last last uh, last couple of weeks for me. Um, but uh, even even not getting a hit off the sexual images, I, I've you know I I bought uh, some vintage oscillating fans on eBay <laughs> lately. You know I, I didn't remember being interested in vintage oscillating fans <laughs> um, on eBay. <laughs> Uh, checking obsessively on what little retirement fund that I have to see and and getting a hit if the stock market went up is not sexual. Um, and that, to me, says that there's something fundamentally wrong with with my spirituality and, and my core beliefs. Um, my sponsor in Asheville gives me hope. Um, he has recovered, you know, from something similar. Um, 
you know, he uses the internet daily. And and I know right now I can't have a laptop. You know, I I look at him, but I'm not going to buy one. Um, but uh, but you know, if I put the onus on someone else, I don't know. I don't I don't think I could do that. Um, anyway, thanks for letting me share. Hi, I'm Pete, a recovering sexaholic. I uh, appreciate one of the earlier shares that focused on, you know, having certain safeguards in place until what was between the years had developed enough in regards to spirituality. Um, I'm two years in program. Uh, it was only, and I was left with continual messages of, uh, you know, take your time working your steps. So, you know, how do I develop spirituality quickly? You know, just take my time and let it come. Uh, go to a lot of meetings. Uh, and so I searched out those people who I could identify with who had gained spirituality quickly. And they directed me towards a little bit of history within the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which our, our fellowship is, is predicated on. And uh, he said what, what they're doing is going back to the early days. You know, um, and he spoke to me of, you know, it was Bill Wilson, you know, less than 10 days he was done his eighth step. And he had a spiritual awakening, so he no longer drank again. Um, in the early 1940s, they did four one-hour workshops, one a week, and did all 12 steps because there's so many people coming into the program. Uh, I'm blessed in that I, I finished up my steps this past fall, and this past Monday night, um, in two hours, I did someone's entire resentment inventory. You know, it took me five months, and uh, it was painful, and it didn't need to be painful. You know, doing stock in a store, I shouldn't be crying, and I, I shouldn't be feeling all this stress and having to go to a lot of meetings and taking five months to do a stock on a shelf, because that's what the big book says. It's, it's doing the fourth step. It's like doing inventory uh, of a, a, for merchandise. And so turning back to those people, if you want to be the best, like, you know, I was a nationally ranked athlete, uh, nationally ranked uh, stockbroker with my firm, Canada. And so all I did to get to the top of the heap and to get quickly there, find those people who were the very best at what they'd done, just, it's not, not very bright, just did what they did. So I knew I had to get between the ears in regards to spirituality, and so I started to work find those people who had done it quickly. And the fastest way I know is through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and working those steps quickly. And uh, unfortunate, I'm very fortunate that I handed off an MP3 player to a colleague in program. He filled it up with a whole bunch of MP3s of even like Bill W. speaking as to the original ideas behind you know, our program, one of the founders of AA, which all this is based on. And He's right in there saying, work the steps quickly um, so that I will recoil against my addiction. And uh, so there's, it's humbling, too, because where I am right now is I don't have any, any kind of technology in my home. Um, I go once a week to somebody else's office to check my email, and he's over my shoulder the entire time. And, um, and I know that if I simply continue to work the steps... Um, that after a period of time, from what I've seen from other people, um, that 
the obsession will be lifted and I will be recovered, as the big book says, of Alcoholics Anonymous. So not continued recovery, it's recovered. And then the daily work that needs to be done, which is carrying the message. And so I started sponsoring somebody last week. And uh, he's going to be through the steps in, about, in less than three or four months. So thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. I'm Brian. I'm a very, very grateful recovering sexaholic. I am completely and utterly powerless over lust. I am insane about lust. I do not mean that metaphorically. I mean that literally I am insane about lust because I know that it brings guilt, self-hatred, remorse, emptiness, and pain. I know it takes me away from the love and acceptance I so desperately, desperately, desperately want. But when I'm tempted by it, I do it anyway. Because it feels like this is the one that's going to save me. It feels like I can do just a little bit and get away with it, which is a lie. I can never get away with it. I always have the consequences. Uh, primary forms of acting out are compulsive masturbation with fantasy. Is this being recorded? Yeah. Fantasy magazines, videos, porn shops, strip bars, prostitutes. Primary triggers are media-based, television, movies, magazines, well, all forms of media. And I am powerless over the Internet. Um, I've forgotten your name, but you stole my thunder. <laughs> it's a spiritual answer. It's a spiritual program. Um, uh, Bill said in here someplace that uh, you should be able to go any place that you need to if you have a good reason for being there. But if you find yourself shaky, then better go help another alcoholic instead. There's something the matter with your spiritual progress. Uh, spiritual progress. Spiritual progress. Um, I think a large problem, oh, I've been in the program 20 years, and I have about 10 years of sobriety. A large problem for me the first 10 years was not being able to say that really I am insane. That's a hard thing to be able to say that I am insane and that I am broken. But it's a key to the program to be able to say that I'm insane. That's what the first step is for me. That means that I am completely broken and I can't do it outside of my own. I cannot do it within my own resources. I need a higher power. And in 1997, one of the best things anybody, one of the things that turned the corner for me was Harvey held up this book and said, this is the primary book. This is the AA big book. This is the primary book of recovery. Nothing against the S.A. White book, but that assumes that you have a good, solid backing in the A.A. Big Book. And the page that helps me more than anything is page 30. More about alcoholism. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Oh, good highlighting. The idea that somehow, someday, I will control and enjoy my drinking or lusting is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. 
We're the lucky ones, guys. There's hundreds and think about how many people have come through your meetings and there's hundreds and thousands of other people out there who have never found SA or have found it can't do it. We are the remnant. We are the ones that are able to make some sort of spiritual connection. You want to bring up something else? Pete's turning the page. Chapter 7, working with others. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. Hmm. Sponsorship, working the steps. Going to lots of meetings, making lots of phone calls, just working the program and growing spiritually is what it's about. (coughs) Filters are, I think they're band-aids. Um, getting rid of the computer helps for a while, but it's still a band-aid. You need to grow spiritually. I need to grow spiritually. And for me, it was very helpful to identify parts of my Book of Faith tradition that spoke directly to this. Uh, but the Internet isn't mentioned in the Book of well. <laughs> It talks about idols, and it talks about adultery, and it talks about wanting things that other people have. Um, and it, there are passages that talk about looking. Um, one of my spiritual heroes going way back used the spiritual book of faith tradition. That was his way to show to um, come up against temptation, and I think that's what we're told to use. And he's cutting me off. Thank you very much. I'm Dave. I'm a sexaholic. I'm an expert at failure in this regard with uh, Internet, pornography, filters, accountability, passwords. Um, I've failed with many of them. Uh, I did have a, a couple of years of success at avoiding the pornography after I just eliminated my computer connection at home completely. But uh, I was not abstaining from masturbation and I did wind up back ultimately in the pornography. My uh, Recently I acted out using my partner's computer. I have a home office and I told my sponsor that I wanted to put a filter on my, I hadn't used it for various reasons previously, that I wanted to put a filter on my partner's computer. And he said, um, why should your partner have to have a... Why should he have to suffer the consequences of your acting out? Why should he have to pay the... And uh, the next thing he said was, if you put a filter on that computer, does that mean you have to act out the next time you get around an unfiltered computer? Do you have to act out the next time you get an opportunity? And it reminded me of the fact that the AA club I go to is probably the biggest, the busiest in the southeast, and it's right next to the busiest liquor store in the southeast. You have to drive by almost through the parking lot of the busiest liquor store in the southeast to get to our meeting house. And I've never heard anybody bring it up as a a problem or an issue other than just a reference. You know, if you're not convinced that you want to be here, you could go there. (laughs) So anyway, I just thought I'd share that little bit of experience at my failure. Thanks. We have time for one more quick share. Anyone else? Okay.
You have two minutes. Okay. Uh, my name's Nicholas. I'm a sexaholic from England. And um, I am so grateful to be here today. I, um, I got into recovery and I got sober before I had access to the internet. So I've never been to a, an internet pornography site. I've never engaged in a chat room, but I work full-time with computers, and I know I'm one click away. I'm one click away. And so I'm here today to just remind myself how lucky I am. Thank you very much indeed for all you shared. I'd like to thank the speakers and participants for sharing their experience, strength, and hope. Um, I've been asked to summarize a couple of the recovery ideas. I got an enormous amount out of these shares. Thank you so much. Um, yes, it is a Band-Aid. One thing I did get out of it was that the blocker is, rather than being angry at myself that I need a blocker, I actually am going to think about the blocker as part of my process of surrender, and I want to thank the, the people that shared about that. Um, there was a lot of really amazing sharing about spirituality, the powerlessness, and that it's really all part of the, the spirituality and sanity, that, that spirituality that we have to work on because of the insanity of the disease. And uh, I thought that just the prior share about going past the bar, the, the liquor store, was really perfect. I, I'm going to start trying to spend more time thinking about that when I think about unprotected computers, which seem for some reason to be like that liquor store and, driving, and needing to drive past it. And I thought there were some really amazing ideas on accountability. Um, I was interesting that there are different ways to do blocking. And for some people, it's really interesting that you can just have someone else look at a report of what you're looking at, and that becomes already the, the blocker. It's not necessarily a technology blocker. I thought something that was really special that actually brought up a lot of emotion was allowing, would be allowing one's spouse, for example, to look at their history file, which is actually much deeper than just looking at someone's browser history. It's like looking at their life history and opening up something that is so secret. So I thought that was very, very powerful. And lastly, the very early share that then got, I'm going to start doing that. It's interesting. I do have pictures of them, but they're hidden up by, hidden by other things. I'm going to bring them to the forefront, pictures of my wife, pictures of my children, and pictures of my beautiful five grandchildren. So I want to thank for that as well. Those were all really beautiful. I'm sure there were many other things, but those are the ones that I, I picked up. Uh, remember, this is an anonymous program, and anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, even reminding us to place principles before personalities. The stories you hear are told in confidence and should not be repeated outside. Please keep any names, addresses, or phone numbers you learn about it and say to yourself. And what we say here, let it stay here. After a moment of silence for the sick and suffering inside and outside these rooms, let us all stand, hold, hold our hands, and say the third step prayer together. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.